All right, Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 15. We're studying the life of Christ. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is coming to the close of this wonderful sermon. And then after we've studied this, obviously we'll continue on in our study of the life of Christ. But Jesus says in these verses, Matthew 7, verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so. Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them, that is, false prophets, false teachers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you for a beautiful Lord's Day, and we thank you again for another opportunity to be in the Lord's house with God's people, to come together, to fellowship with one another, to encourage one another, to pray with one another, to study your word together, to sing songs of faith and encourage us, Lord. It's good to be in your house among your people on such a beautiful Sunday morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, for those who are on our prayer list. We have many, and we pray for them. We continue to pray for these needs in the lives of our church family and our friends. And Lord, we pray for them. We ask you for their healing, for your for your grace and mercy to be with them, for your encouragement to be with them. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that they will have a sense and an awareness of your presence in their life. Bless them and be with them in a very special way today. We do pray for healing and help and encouragement. We pray for our nation in these days, Lord. We know we need you. We need revival. We need a a movement of God in our nation. And we pray for that. We pray for that. It's not too late. And it still can be done. And we pray for revival in America. Revival in our churches. And a spiritual, spiritual awakening among our people to come back to you. Thank you for your goodness. And thank you for your grace. We praise you this morning for who you are. And all that you have done for us. And all you continue to do for us. We love you and we want to live for you in greater ways in the days to come. Bless us now as we open your precious word is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as Jesus comes to the end of this sermon, he gives this warning to his disciples. And of course, it's a warning that is echoed throughout the Bible. It is a warning that is echoed down through the centuries. And it is something that we do need to heed and we need to be aware of. And we need to understand what Jesus is talking about. In these verses, Jesus warns his disciples, his followers. And he warns those who were in the crowd listening as he was speaking to his disciples. To beware of false preachers and false teachers. 
Now, the Bible often speaks of false prophets, false preachers, false teachers, and even false believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 speaks of false apostles and deceitful workers. They were very prevalent in the early Christian days and they began to prey on churches and congregations. And so Paul, under, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, warned the churches, be careful, watch out, because there's false apostles, people who present themselves as Christians, people who present themselves as, as Christian, Christian preachers and teachers. They're going about and they're deceiving people and they're taking advantage of Christian people and they're taking advantage of the churches. Beware of false apostles and deceitful workers. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1 speaks of false prophets and false teachers. Galatians 2 4, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six speaks of false brethren, that is false Christians, people who proclaimed that they were Christians, claimed that they were Christians, claimed that they were followers of Christ who in reality were not true Christians. They were false brethren. In Matthew 24, verse 11, Jesus said this, and it is very relevant and very appropriate for our day. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 11, many false prophets, many of them, will rise up and deceive many in the last days. And that is where we are today. And so we need to look at these verses. We need to understand what Jesus is saying in these verses. We need to understand what the, the New Testament especially says and speaks on false preachers and false teachers and false believers, false prophets. Not everyone who says that they are a Christian is one. He used to be, you know, in, in my ministry, things have changed so much since I began in my ministry. Uh, in, the, in the past, I do a lot of visitation door to door. Now, people are a little skittish about that these days. You knock on some doors, you may have to run for your life. But, you know, in years past, go out and visit in the community. And of course, you know, you pull into the driveway and somebody's watching and I can just hear them in my mind's ear the preacher's here, and so they start throwing stuff around, and you know, and trying to get everything straightened up and whatever. And I would ask people on many occasions, well, are you a Christian? And I never ran into one person who says they were not a Christian. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe, yeah, I'm a believer, you know. And then I would, I had a series of <laughs> questions I would ask them, to, well, what church do you go to? Well, it, you know, I, I've been a member of that church down yonder and they named some kind of church. And my favorite question to ask them was, well, who's the preacher there now? <laughs> and they'd say, well, they say, who is that preacher? What is his name? <laughs> Which would pretty well be a revealing, you know, uh, thing that uh, if they were members of that church, they were not very active members of that church. Uh, almost everybody I've ran into, I asked them that question, they would claim to be a Christian. But it's very clear, not everyone who says they are a Christian is one, and not everyone who holds a Bible in their hand and says that they are a true teacher 
and preacher of God, not everyone is really one called by God as well. And so let's try to understand what Jesus is teaching us in these verses. Very important. First of all, the danger of false teachers. Now, false teachers and preachers are a danger. They are dangerous. That is why Jesus is warning, gives this warning in these verses. That's why the New Testament gives many warnings to be aware of and be on guard against false teachers and preachers. And the reason we're giving these warnings is that false preachers and teachers are dangerous. They're dangerous to unbelievers. They're dangerous to people who've never received Christ. They're dangerous to people who are not truly Christian people. Now, here's what we have to understand. Unbelievers, those who have never been born again, those who are not indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, unbelievers do not have the spiritual capacity and the spiritual discernment to recognize what is spiritually false. Unbel an unbeliever may be brilliant, may have a PhD and a, you know, whatever, and a lot of stuff, and may be brilliant in so many different ways, but if they're not a Christian, they don't have the spiritual capacity and the spiritual discernment to recognize what is spiritually false. Unbelievers haven't been born again. They do not have the indwelling Holy Spirit living within them, of the Holy Spirit, our partner in the Christian life. They do not have the spiritual mind that believers are given when they give their life to Christ with the, the change that God does in our life with the indwelling Holy Spirit. Unbelievers don't have the spiritual mind and the ability to accurately understand the Word of God. Unbelievers are spiritually gullible. Therefore, multitudes of people who are unbelievers have been deceived and have been ensnared by false teachers. There are a lot of people who want a spirituality in their life, a spiritual content in their life. They, they want to be known as spiritual people. And, but they've never been born again. They've never given their life to Christ. You see, when you give your life to Christ, God does all kinds of stuff in your life. He changes your spiritual DNA and giving your life to Christ and what God does in our life when we're born again. One of the things that happens is we begin to develop and sharpen an ability to recognize what is spiritually true and what is spiritually false. Unbelievers don't have that capacity. And they can be easily deceived and ensnared by false teachers. The Bible talks about in the last days tickling ears. People who want to hear, well, you know, what they want to hear. They don't necessarily want to hear what the Bible has to say. They will dismiss what the Bible has to say. But if you can package something in some kind of spiritual package, they have itching ears, tickling ears to hear what they want to hear, to, to confirm to them what they think, even though what they think may not be true, a part of the Word of God. The result is many unbelievers... Many people who assume that they are Christians, many people who assume that, 
that they're right with God. That's the phrase they like to use. Many unbelievers are actually not on the narrow way that leads to eternal life. They are on the broad way that leads to destruction, all the while thinking that they're right with God and they're headed to heaven. They have been deceived by false teachers and preachers and by false doctrine. And they have bought into those things. And so false teachers and false preachers are a danger to unbelievers. False teachers also are a danger to true believers. True believers in Christ. Now those who have been born again, if you're a Christian, when God did his work of salvation in your life, he did so many wonderful things. Many things happen immediately. Many things will happen progressively in your life. The ultimate thing is he'll take you to glory when you leave this world. But as a Christian, when you gave your life to Christ, you were given the capacity to, to, to begin to understand what is true and right and real and what is scripturally right. Believers do have the capacity to recognize false teachers and false doctrine. We have the Holy Spirit of God. We have a God-given capacity, a God-given ability to be able to understand God's Word. We may not understand it all immediately when we give our life to Christ, but we have, because we are Christians, we have the ability and the capacity to begin to grow in our understanding of God's Word and all that God teaches in His Word. Unbelievers don't have that. Believers have that. But unfortunately, many believers become careless. And many believers become prayerless. Oh, watch your prayer life. The first thing Satan will attack in your life as a Christian is your prayer life. It would be like somebody unplugging the appliance. When you unplug the appliance, it all goes dead. If you unplug yourself from God by neglecting your prayer life, even as a believer, you're going to run into problems. You become more vulnerable to what Satan wants to do in your life. He can't steal you from God, but he sure wants to make you an ineffective Christian and do other things that he can do in your life. Satan can only work in our life if we allow him. Satan can only work in the life of the believer if we allow him to work in our life. And we allow him to work in our life by becoming spiritually careless and prayerless and neglectful of the things of God. And unfortunately, many believers are careless and prayerless. And they have allowed themselves to be influenced by false teachers and preachers. You know, sometimes I'm talking to Christians. And they'll say, you know, I really like so-and-so as a preacher, or I really like so-and-so as a teacher. And I just cringe. I'm saying to myself, and you know, I don't want to start an argument and get argumentative with people, but I'm saying to myself, oh no, please, don't tell me you listen to that person. Because I know in my heart what they're teaching is not right. It's not good. It's not good for Christian people to listen to, but they're flamboyant and they have all the razzmatazz of this kind of ministry and they look so nice and they seem so impressive and people say, I really like that person and I'm saying to myself, please don't. Please don't. 
No, they're not right. So the more we walk in the Spirit, the more we plant the Word of God in our hearts and our minds, the better able we will be to, to detect false teachers and false doctrine. You should, as you walk with the Lord, have this internal detection system in your life, this spiritual internal detection system, so that when you hear something that's not right, your spirit will understand that's not right, and that's not good, and there's something wrong with what is being proclaimed or presented. And so the false teachers are a danger. They're a danger to unbelievers. Now, unbelievers are deceived, but sometimes they're willingly deceived. They will dismiss the solid teaching and preaching that they hear for something that is more showy and something that is more of their liking, something that is more worldly. It may be packaged as something that is Christian, but it's not right. It's not good. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But for believers, believers, you know, walk in the Spirit. Plant the Word of God in your heart and mind. Keep your prayer life up to date. Sharpen that discernment, that, that discernment and the ability that God has given you, the capacity that God has given you to detect that which is false and rely upon that, and God will help you. We need to stay away from false teaching. In fact, the Bible says we are to give no heed and to give no support at all to false teachers and false preachers. And in fact, we are to count, confront and counteract their error. And how do you do that? By preaching and proclaiming the truth of the Word of God. And so false teachers are a danger. Second of all, the deception of false teachers. This is what Jesus said in verse 15 again. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. From the outside, false teachers and preachers look like sheep. They look and they sound like true followers of Christ. They look like and they sound like religious people and spiritual people and they're very impressive in how they look and very impressive in all of the trappings that they have surrounding them. And they're, they're, they're nice and they talk really nice and, and they're very impressive in how they present themselves. They look like sheep on the outside. But Jesus says, watch them, because on the inside they're ravenous wolves. What well, does that mean? It, it means that they're followers of Satan. Now here's the thing, false preachers and teachers don't know they're followers of Satan. <laughs> they don't know that. The deceivers are deceived themselves. But they are. On the outside, they look like sheep. They look so attractive and so wonderful. And look at the crowds that are in the auditorium as they present themselves. And look at the big buildings. And look at all of this. Man, there must be something to it. It's so impressive. Jesus says, look on the outside, they look like sheep. But if you could see on the inside, and you should be able to if you have spiritual discernment, they are ravenous wolves. They are devouring the hearts and the minds of the gullible. And in often cases, 
becoming a great obstacle to them seeing the truth. Now, I'm not going to name names today. Well, there's some kid out in Houston, Texas, that supposedly has the largest church in America. He's very impressive, got slick back hair. I, you know, be careful of any preacher that's got a lot of hair. You know, just something. They got slick back hair. The church meets in a former NBA arena. They got fountains and they got razzmatazz and they got all of this kind of stuff. And it's very impressive and the thing is full. The thing is full and he likes around with a big smile. And what he, he, he's a fortune, preach, a fortune cookie preacher. He says a lot of these things that really sound good, but they have no spiritual basis whatsoever. And he was interviewed recently at one time on television by Larry King. And Larry King asked the guy, do you ever preach on sin? And he said, oh, no. We don't want to make people feel embarrassed and hurt. Well, why did Jesus come into the world? To save us that we might not perish. Why are we perishing? Because we're sinners. Jesus talked about sin. <laughs> And he talked about repentance. False preachers and teachers are deceived themselves. False teachers and false doctrine are among Satan's most effective tool for hiding the truth, for perverting minds, and for poisoning souls. Listen to 2 Corinthians 11 verses 13 through 15. Here's what Paul said about false preachers and teachers. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of God. And no wonder, listen, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. You will find false preachers and teachers on the radio and television. They teach in colleges. They teach in seminaries. They write books. They speak from pulpits. They teach in Sunday schools and other classes. They pastor and they minister in churches. They use Christian vocabulary. They talk about Jesus and the cross and God and the scriptures and the church and the Holy Spirit. They look and they sound like Christians or like true men and women of God, but in reality, they are ministers of Satan. And the Bible makes it clear that the closer we get to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the more prevalent false preachers and teachers will be in the world. You know, what I tell Christians is this, you get into a good Bible-believing church where the Bible is preached, it's taught, and it's lived out, where the whole counsel of God is presented. That church may not be impressive in a lot of ways like the church down the road, but my friend, get into that church and get into the meat of God's Word and get to serving the Lord and help to build up that church and to make it strong with your presence. Now, I'm not against doing things in a modern way. You know, there, there are a lot of modern things that I'm not against in church life. 
these days, I'm not some old fuddy-duddy, you know, that say, well, you're not, not to have this or I'm not to have that and all that kind of stuff. I like all kinds of music. I, I was raised in a tradition of sacred heart music. Fossil law. You may not even know anything about that. What in the world's that? You're talking about old school. That was old school before old school became old school. But I love quartet music. I love modern music. I love it all. You know, I don't pigeonhole stuff as being, well, this is of God and that's not of, of God or anything like that. I, I'm not against the modern way of doing everything, but you don't mess with the Word of God. You do not. You do not mess with the Word of God. You preach it and you teach it as it is. And no, it's not going to be popular. But listen, now we have in church life now, we got all kinds of, of churches that, that are trying to, you know, navigate the culture that we're in and present things that the culture is against and, and package it in a biblical way to say, well, you know, the Bible's not opposed to that. The Bible's not against that. And they, they you know, concoct this distorted way of presenting something from the Bible that will give credence to that which is clearly sinful. No. You know, if we go to prison, if we get kicked out, if we get canceled, if we get chased around, whatever it may be, we must stand on the truth of the Word of God. Amen. And the Bible's pretty clear. It is. And thank God, God is a forgiving God. Amen? Amen. He is a forgiving God. And He will forgive. And He will bless. But we, we're living in a day of deception, of false teaching and false preaching and teaching in the church. Now, you know, every, today everything's political. If you sneeze, it's political. How dare you sneeze, you know? Listen, this has nothing to do with politics. This is the truth of the Word of God. This has nothing to do with politics, one side against the other, or all that kind of stuff. This is the Word of God. You know what is at stake? At stake is the soul of America. At stake is the soul of our nation. Don't think God will not bring judgment upon America. In fact, I will tell you, God is already judging America. Look at the political leadership that we have in this nation. And that's Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever you may be. I mean, look at the quality of leadership we have in our nation. God is judging America. We're getting the leaders we deserve instead of getting the leaders that we need. Amen. And that's the judgment of Almighty God. Now, I wouldn't go say any of that. Y'all just sat there and let me say all of that and didn't say a word. But a lot of it is just coming from, there's so much deception today. And it's dangerous. False teaching is dangerous. The deception of false teachers. Finally, how do you detect a false teacher? Well, we're going to look at that. 1 John 4.1. Here's what John wrote to, this, to these believers. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Now, the spirit he's talking about is not, you know, some kind of spirit you can't see. He's talking about teachers. The spirit of a teacher or preacher. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. 
And then he clarifies what he's talking about because many false prophets have gone out into the world. John says, and see that in, in the early church, there were many itinerant preachers and teachers going about from churches, one church to the other. And they would present themselves as a preacher and a teacher. And of course, they would want an offering and support from the church and that kind of thing. And John says, be careful. A lot of these guys going around from church to church, test them. He's talking to the congregation. Put them to the test. Make sure what you're hearing is right and true and godly and biblical. Put them to the test. He's talking to the congregation. Don't let just some guy come into your church, walk up to your pulpit, and start teaching and preaching and just accept everything he has to say. Test what he has to say. Put it to the test. Make sure it's right. So how do you detect and how do you recognize false teachers? Jesus said you look at their fruit. You listen to what they say. You look at how they live. First of all, you listen to what they say about Jesus. Amen. Now, false teachers will always, false teachers will always distort, twist, pervert or deny the truth of who Jesus is. Listen to what they say about Jesus. The Jesus they may present to you may not be the real Jesus, may not be the biblical Jesus. You know? There's one cult group that says that Jesus and Lucifer were brothers. And that, that Lucifer, you know, came down to earth and he messed up the earth and Jesus had to come and clean it up by giving his life on the cross and Jesus died for Adam's sin but he didn't die for your sin to pay for your sin you have to join that group and be faithful to that group that's not the gospel that's not true those who present that are not preaching the gospel not presenting the true Jesus listen to what they say about Jesus. Second of all, listen to what they say about the Bible. How they use the Bible. Do they honor the Bible as God's inerrant word? Do they honor the Bible as the sole authority for Christian faith and practice? Do they rightly teach the Bible? Now, false teachers, you know, they'll read a little bit from the Bible and then they'll just ignore what they read and go off and tell you about a special revelation they had. <laughs> or they'll read a little bit from the Bible and then they will completely obliterate any right interpretation or understanding of what they've read in the Bible. You gotta be careful. Do they teach the whole counsel of God? Do they teach heaven and hell? Do they teach about salvation and judgment? Do they teach about sin and repentance? Or do they take the Bible and twist the Bible to fit into their own theology? Do they edit things out of the Bible? Things they don't think people want to hear. People they don't, that they, you know, things that they don't, people won't like. There's a lot of that going on today. 
That's why I just preach through the Bible. What's next is next. And if what's next is politically correct or not politically correct, what, what is next is next. And you present what is next. Do they misuse the Bible? Do they manipulate the Bible in order to control people? Do they give lip service to the Bible? And then they focus on their new interpretation and their new revelation that they claim they have received from God. Listen, the Lord told me and the Lord, the Lord revealed to me is not a replacement for thus saith the Lord. No, I don't care how pretty they are. I don't care how impressive they are. I don't care how wowing they may be and the setting is wonderful and the, the auditorium is full. I don't care about any of those things. Listen to what they say about Jesus and the Word of God. False teachers will preach a false gospel. They will refuse to call out and identify sin. They don't believe in hell or the need of repentance. And they don't believe that Jesus is the only way. False prophets don't believe in the inerrancy of the scripture. And when you run into a guy like that, I don't care how he looks, you know, or all of the packaging and all of that. You don't give them the time of day. They are a ravenous wolf trying to cover themselves in a sheepskin. Also to identify a false prophet, a false teacher. By the way, they do a lot of prosperity gospel too. Here's what they say. I heard one say this many years ago. You know, there was, there was, there was the Georgia prophet, the original Georgia prophet. I forgot the guy's name. When I was a kid, he used to come on w, Channel 13, WMAC. And he was pretty open and honest about it. He would say, look here, y'all. I need y'all's money. I want y'all's money. If you send me your money, I'll send you a handkerchief I prayed over. And you, you know, it'll help you. And he was just, he was just honest. He wasn't trying to deceive anybody. But a lot of times he, he, these folks will say, you know, if you'll send me $10, the Lord's going to bless you with, you know, $10,000 or whatever. Listen, don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. It's not biblical, it's not right. You know that guy some years ago, he needed a $65 million plane. And you know, he told his, he told his audience, I need, I need a plane, I'm traveling around the world to preach the gospel. I need a $65 million plane. And you know he got it? He got it from people. These little old ladies out there, living on a retirement, put together, you know, 10, 15, 20 dollars that they could have used somehow, some way, in a better way, and sent it to that rascal. And he got it. You know, after that happened, I had a deacon's meeting in my last church. I went into the deacon's meeting. I said, brothers and sisters, I need a plane. Our brothers, there were no sisters in the deacon's meeting. I said, I need a plane. I need a $65 million plane. I didn't go over too well with them old Baptist deacons. I didn't understand it, you know. I figured if that guy got it, maybe I should get it. <laughs> and of course, I was playing with him. Oh. To identify false 
prophets, listen to what they say about the way of salvation. Do they teach that salvation is holy by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Listen to what they say about the church. Are they members of a local church? Are they accountable to a local church? Do they build up the church or do they attack it? False teachers love to attack, you know, that little old church you go into. You know, that little old church you go into. And they love to attack Baptist churches, you know. Do they have their own church, their own religious organization over which they have complete control? And do they claim that their church or their group are the only ones going to heaven? Now, not every preacher and teacher you see on television is a false preacher and teacher. That's obviously true. I watched David Jeremiah, Charles Stanley, the late Adrian Rogers. But let me tell you about those men. Those men were pastors of local churches who were accountable to those local churches, who received salaries from those local churches. They were pastors who happened to have a TV ministry, but they were totally accountable to their local church. And they didn't receive all of this money that was sent in or whatever. That money they never sought. They were pastors of local churches. And those churches have TV ministries. That's different from some old jack-leg television evangelist that gets on there before you and tells you how, you know, you can be prosperous and all of this if you just send him money and nobody, he's accountable to nobody. Listen, don't get sucked in. Do not get sucked in. What do they say about the church? Listen to what they say about themselves. Let me tell you, if you're a true preacher, if you're a teacher of the Word of God, let me tell you this. Jesus will always be your focus. Amen. Jesus will always be the focus of your life and your ministry. The false teachers are more interested in building themselves up and drawing people to themselves and talking about their miracles and revelations and their works and building up their own little kingdom. But if you're a true preacher and teacher of the Word of God, you're going to point people to Jesus. Amen. And Jesus alone. I read a great quote this week from an evangelist of the past. He says, he was talking to preachers and he said, brothers, here's what you do. You preach Jesus and you preach the gospel, then you die and are forgotten. Just point people to Jesus. That's all. Amen. Your legacy should be you pointing people to Jesus. Jesus should be the focus of your life and your ministry. And that's my focus. I'm just a nobody. I'm trying to tell everybody about somebody that saved my soul and will save their soul as well. Amen. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And finally, look at how they live. Look at their character, their behavior, their lifestyle. On the surface, false teachers may look and sound like Christians. 
but you look at their life closely and often, most often, almost always, you will find ungodly actions and attitudes. You know, these days, gosh, man, I just sit back sometimes and say, hmm, you, know, you hear about a preacher who will you know, have some kind of scandal in his life, he'll take two weeks off and then he's back in the pulpit. I was reading in my daily Bible readings this week, you know Moses who led the nation of Israel out of Egypt? Moses led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. Moses, bless his heart, who went through so, so much misery trying to lead all of those people and all the stuff he went through. Do you know that he was disqualified from going into the promised land because he had disobeyed the Lord? He had brought dishonor to the Lord. So the Lord said, Moses, you're not going into the promised land. You can look at it. You can see it. But you have dishonored me, and that has disqualified you from leading the people into the promised land. There are some things that will disqualify you from the ministry. Doesn't mean you lose your salvation. Doesn't mean you can't serve the Lord in other ways. Doesn't mean you can't recover. Doesn't mean you can't be redeemed. Doesn't mean you can't, you know, do something else. But there are some things that will disqualify you from the ministry. It's not a calling that, you know, you can just keep for life no matter how you live. There's some things you can do as a preacher that will disqualify you from ever being a preacher again, but not these days. You can do all kinds of stuff. Take two weeks off to recover and get right back in the pulpit. I say, yeah, that's, that's kind of harsh, ain't it? Hey, we serve a God who is a righteous and holy God. And you best behave. Not everything a preacher does wrong disqualifies them from the ministry. But there are some things that are so egregious and so public and so staining that that should disqualify them and does disqualify them in the eyes of God from the position that God has called them to. Doesn't mean they not lose their salvation and they can still serve the Lord in many ways and all of that. They just lost. This is a sacred spot. Amen. The spot I'm standing in right now is a sacred spot. I'm standing behind a pulpit preaching the Word of God to people. That's not a light thing. That's not a casual thing. That's a heavy thing. Amen. This is a holy spot. And if Brother Chris behaves in such a way that I'm disqualified from ever being in here, so be it. You know, the, the kingdom of God will still continue without me. So I, you need to pray for me, and I pray every day, Lord, I never want to dishonor you in such a fashion, or in any way, but especially in such a fashion, that I would be disqualified from doing that which you have called me to do. Amen. And that is to stand and preach and proclaim your word. Y'all have let me ramble this morning. I don't, you know, you shouldn't do that. But it's all the truth, Amen. It is. True teachers will teach the truth about Jesus. Bringing people to Jesus, helping Christians to grow in Christ, that will be what their life is about. Their ministry will be about Jesus and not about themselves. 
True teachers will honor the Bible as the inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God, teaching the Bible in the right way and in the right spirit will be their passion and will be their joy. Amen. True teachers will be humble and honest. They will have a real love for Jesus and a real love for his people. I was thinking this week, you know, I love y'all. I love y'all. You know? Now, some of us are on the edge of rascality. But I still love us. Amen? You know? True teachers will have, and preachers will have a real love for Jesus and his people. And true teachers will stand in the pulpit and tell you the, right, the, the true way to be saved. Amen. The true way to be saved. You know how to be saved? To be saved? That is to repent of your sins. Yeah, you're a sinner. You don't like that? I'm sorry. But I didn't say it first. Jesus did. The Bible did, does. God does. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, what's sin? Sin is defined in the word of God. Sin is defined by the Word of God, not by the world, because according to the world, nothing's a sin. But sin is defined in the Word of God as being rebellious against God and disobedient to God and His Word. And we've all done that. And because we've all done that, we're lost, separated from God. You know, we're hopeless, we're helpless. Can't do anything about it. But God so loved the world that he sent Jesus into the world, his son, who willingly came to become a human being. God himself willingly came into this world to become a human being. Then he lived a perfect life. Then he died a sacrificial death, taking your sin and my sin upon himself. He died for us. He took our place. He died in our stead. He accepted the wrath of God for us that we deserve. I saw somewhere, speaking of false teachers, some, some guy somewhere said, God's wrath was directed at sin and judgment, not against us. That's not true. God's wrath is directed against us. The wrath of God abides on those who are sinners. We need to be delivered from that wrath. And God so loved the world, he sent his son into the world to deliver us from that wrath and judgment. And he did it by dying on the cross for our sins. And he rose again. And he ascended into heaven. Now today, if you will repent of your sins and believe everything the Bible says about Jesus, if you'll ask him to come into your life and save you from the penalty of your sin, if you will surrender his, your life to his control, he will save you and change you and make you a child of God. You shall be saved. Amen. You shall be saved. A true preacher and a teacher will tell you the truth about how to be saved. And he'll tell you the consequences about what will happen to you if you're not saved. Be saved today.